audio storytelling has become increasingly popular, with many taking to the microphone to share their voices, opinions, and stories through the spoken word. But it isn't just about personal expression. Podcasting connects people and can be an outlet for those underserved by traditional media. I'm Gabrielle Pisca, and you're listening to the Community Podcast Initiative, or the CPI. And the goal of the CPI is to produce and promote podcasting as a way to amplify underrepresented voices through audio storytelling. This initiative is based out of Mount Royal University and powered by Shaw. In this episode, I meet up with Sarah Sharon, a faculty member from MRU Library. Part of her job is to support the students in the journalism and broadcast programs. At the library, Sarah has started to see an interest in using podcasting for class assignments. And it isn't just in journalism. Professors and students from philosophy to Indigenous studies are turning to audio as a class resource and for student assessment. The library has been redesigning its audio rooms to give students and faculty a space to create podcasts, videos, and other multimedia projects. But it's hard to find ways to use these spaces when you don't really know where to begin or you don't have the technological experience. So with the work being done by the Community Podcast Initiative, Sarah and I met up virtually to dive a little deeper into what podcasting can look like in an academic setting and how audio assignments create a space for students to engage with big concepts and mobilize knowledge. My name is Sarah Sharon and I'm a librarian at MRU Library and part of my job is to support the students in the journalism and digital media studies, broadcast media studies, and public relations programs. And today I'm talking with Gabrielle Pisca, who is a fourth year journalism student uh, in the program here at Mount Royal. Hi, Gabrielle. Hello, yeah, hi, my name is Gabrielle Pisca, fourth year journalism student, uh, so I will be graduating soon. Um, I've spent most of my degree really enjoying and loving audio production in particular. I've spent a lot of my assignments as well as my extracurricular activities surrounding audio knowledge mobilization and audio communication in general. Thank you. I'm so happy that you're here talking with me today uh, because I think as a journalism student with all your experience um, and the courses you've taken and the podcasts you've created, you've had so many opportunities to practice and to learn a lot about this particular form of communication. So I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on student podcasting in general and academic podcasting podcasting uh, in other programs and other disciplines and really curious to hear what you can share. So if you can think back to when you were starting out with your first podcast assignment, as a beginner, what part of creating a podcast was the hardest for you? Yeah, so I think that the part about um, podcasting that was really difficult for me at the beginning was really knowing how to write a script for a podcast, as well as kind of how to voice it or what the guidelines were. So I struggle with if I don't have pretty strict parameters around an assignment, I struggle with knowing what what it's supposed to look like. Um, you know, essays are kind of ingrained into my brain at this point. But when I see an assignment that's kind of a different range, I immediately go, well, what's it supposed to look like? Like, what's the good versus bad? And so I think what I struggled with at the beginning is creating a script that wasn't academic writing and something that was more flowy and something that made more sense for a podcast was my biggest struggle. And so I found that listening to podcasts and really going in and, and listening to a bunch of podcasts as I do the assignment helps me a lot. So still thinking back to your experience as a beginner, uh, what surprised you the most about your, your learning? 
Well, I think the first thing that surprised me the most was, well, first hearing my own voice on recording. That's not fun at all. Um, but I think that it surprised me how much different it is from, I'd say, like an academic setting. Like in academic, you're taught to write formally, to build an argument off a certain way. But podcasting in a way, you kind of can have fun with it in terms of there are set guidelines and boundaries, but it's a lot more flow speaking, um, conversational. You can bring jokes into it in terms of your recording, you're smiling, you can hear like your enthusiasm into the topic. And so I think that it's a little different that it's less about academic forming and more being able to express yourself in a new medium is something I really enjoyed. What's your number one technical tip for students doing a podcast for a course assignment? Oh man, I always have so many technical tips. Um, so I say the first technical tip is when you're ready to voice. Um, I always give this comment, don't eat three pieces of pizza and two cans of pop before you do it. Um, they can tell if you're like how your voice sounds. So it's very, I treat um, audio recording very much like I did when I was in choir in high school and that you want to warm up your voice. You can tell if your voice is uh, nervous. You can tell if your voice is um, more energized or if it's, if you've eaten something that maybe you might burp, I don't know. <laughs> um, so that for sure. But also, I guess, in terms of the technical tip is, I think that a lot of people when they first start out, um, again, going back to that kind of academic is they tend to write their scripts in a more formal way. So I guess my number one technical script is before you actually go to voice it, read your scripts out loud. So once you've finished writing your scripts, go and read them out loud. And if it's not something that you would say in a normal conversation, or if it's not something, if it's something that you stutter on more than twice, go in and change it. Um, because it's going to tell if you're just reading off of a script in an academic academic monotone. But if you are making it more conversational and you're reading out loud to make sure you can actually say it, that's going to show a lot in your in your assignment. This one wasn't on our list, but I want to follow up because you just said something super interesting. Uh, <laughs> and that is uh, you're talking about like audience and how you would talk normally versus how you would write academically. And I'm wondering what what it brings to your your own engagement with like the script writing and the research and stuff when you know that potentially people beyond your instructor might hear this you know what I mean like so how does your understanding of the where this is going in the audience kind of influence um yeah your your approach to writing a script let's say yeah I think that my approach in terms of that if I know it's going to go maybe to more people, I'm going to be more conscientious of my voice or how I'm saying things, especially wanting it to make sense for the general public. So a lot of work that I do um, on a job outside of my academic setting is I take a lot of scientific researches um, and their studies. So scientific articles and articles with a lot of fancy words and things that I don't necessarily always understand. And I really try to mobilize it in a way that's going to make sense for the general audience. So if you're reading just if you're just going in and reading the academic article word for word, nine out of 10 times reading, it's not going to make any difference for your audience. But if you're taking that information and you're mobilizing it in a way that sounds more conversational so people can actually understand it, that's going to get a lot more um, recognition for the audience to actually understand it, as well as for yourself. Like if you can, anyone can read an academic article or anyone can say a couple fancy words and make it sound like they understand it. But the real difficulty is taking something that's academic and truly understanding it to the foundational level so that you can then turn it into something that's more basic or that's more conversational. That's how you're going to be able to know if you actually know the material or if you don't know the material. 
Following up on that, what advice would you give to folks doing research for these kinds of projects? How do you uh, do research differently for this kind of medium uh, compared to an essay? So something that I do a lot differently is if I'm doing maybe academic writing or a paper, I will unfortunately admit that there are sometimes articles that I use that I don't fully understand or that I think is making my point, but I'm not 100% sure because I don't necessarily have the time to read 80 pages on one paper. I'll read a couple things and hope for the best. Um, but with podcasting, that's very apparent if, if you do that. So I think finding articles that aren't so complex that you don't understand it, like you genuinely don't understand it and finding research that makes sense to you. Because there's so many articles out there that maybe you kind of get, but because of their language, you don't fully understand what they're trying to say. And finding articles that actually make sense to you is going to be a lot easier for when you go to write your script than trying to understand something that you don't write from the get-go. Mm-hmm. It's harder to fake it, I think, probably. In yeah. This format. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just really... Um, just really getting, again, getting articles that you understand because it's going to be so much easier for you. Like if you had to pick between finding articles that fit the topic, but you don't really understand it and trying to turn that into something in a script versus articles that maybe make a slightly different approach, but you understand a lot more, that's going to be easier because it's going to be easier to make a script around something you get versus trying to make a script around something you don't. What do you like best about presenting your research and presenting your new understanding of a topic uh, through this medium? I think the thing that I really enjoy the most is I actually get to learn the most this way. So I'm someone that just reading something or even reading and taking notes is not really something that helps me learn. It's not really something that helps me engage with the material as much as more about memorization, getting to the test, and then it, it goes away from my brain after the exam. But I think that these types of assignments in the terms of knowledge mobilization it really helps me understand the material and it helps me when I when I vocalize it and when I talk about it and when I spend so much time, because you spend a lot of time with these assignments. You have to write the script, you have to voice it, you have to put it together, you have to listen to the recording over and over and over again so that you can edit the, the episode. And I think when you spend that much time with a topic on top of listening to it, writing a script and talking, like that's all three different types of learning. Um, you're not just writing it down, you're not just hearing it you're hearing it, writing it, and talking about it. And so anybody who maybe doesn't know what way that they learn best or ways that they don't know how to study, I think that this assignment really ticks all of those boxes in terms of being able to understand the material and learn it best. So if I make a podcast episode on it, I go away and I actually know the material 10 times better than I would if I just would have written a paper. So what are the challenges of communicating you know, what you understand or communicating what you've learned in this medium, again, compared to maybe uh, a standard research essay? The biggest thing is the time. So it takes a lot of time to do an episode. Like we usually plan even outside in my um, in my job, we plan two, three weeks a month if um, if there's some complications with like the source in terms of the assignment. And so it's not something you can do in a night. Um, I'm I'm very guilty in leaving an essay to the last minute and doing it in one night. I do better writing that way. Um, but it's not something you can do that with, right? Because there's so many different aspects of the assignment. Writing a script, editing the script, getting into the podcast studio to voice, you need to book an appointment for that. It's not something that you can leave so last minute. And I think that 
that's the biggest aspect is students get really busy and students um, leave assignments occasionally to the last minute. And I don't blame them. It's not necessarily procrastination. It's just that we're so busy all the time. Sometimes we don't have time to get to an assignment three days before the deadline. Like that's the only time we've had. But I think that this assignment's really going to involve a lot of um, planning beforehand, as well as um, for the faculty and the professors to be able to give that time for the assignment to allow it, as well as maybe a little bit more maintenance and checking up and make sure everyone is on on the right track. So an example is in um, the journalism program, the first year, like now we can kind of make a podcast episode as it goes, but in like first and second year, this big assignment is actually separated into a lot of assignments. So the first thing is you you do a pitch, so you pitch your um, your topic and that in and of itself is an assignment worth a certain percentage. And then the second assignment is the script where you hand in the script and then um, the professor gives feedback and that's a separate assignment in and of itself. Then the third one is draft one and the fourth assignment is draft two. And so one podcast is ends up being four or five assignments in the course because it takes that much time and it, it, you have to break it up in a way that you make sure everyone's getting things done in order so that they're not leaving scripting and voicing to the last second. So that kind of leads to the next question I have. So you, know, you just talked about all the different processes, the steps and the layers of a, of a podcast. So in your opinion, what goes into assessing the quality of a podcast? You know, if a student was thinking about doing a podcast or they had an assignment and they weren't quite sure how they would be marked, you know, it's a new medium. I think faculty and students are sometimes not completely sure about what should be what to look for kind of right and how to to measure the the quality of a podcast so in your opinion yeah what goes into to the, a quality podcast yeah i think in terms of the quality podcast there's kind of three steps that i see so the first one being the pitch if you don't have a good idea from the get-go the entire thing is going to be a nightmare if you don't have a topic you genuinely are passionate about or you genuinely don't understand you're going to struggle you're going to struggle through the script you're going to struggle voicing it the entire thing's going to suck for you so i think that using it as the pitch being that I really recommend either that being a separate assignment or um, that you have to show the pitch to your professor and they have to approve it before you go ahead with the next steps is something that would help not only the student to make sure that they're on the right track and it's focused enough and it's not so broad and and that kind of thing. Um, then the second thing is the scripting. And I think the scripting um, for me now in a fourth year of journalism, like I, I've seen scripts every day, like I know what a script looks like. But for the average person, they don't know what a script looks like. They don't know what I know, which is the two-column method of one side being voicing and the other side being any audio effects or any interview clips and having that kind of uh, looking like that. And so I think that writing a script can be intimidating in and of itself. And so I think that looking up examples of what scripts look like, making sure you actually could read what you wrote down, um, and going back to what I said previously, just having that knowledge and having that ability to be conversational is going to help a lot and i think that the professors in terms of evaluating that will see that if they if you've just copied and pasted quotes from an article onto your script i don't know if you know it but if they've taken a sentence of an article and they've changed it in a way that's more conversational in a way that they're genuinely getting what the main point is without just copy and pasting that's how you, you're going to know a student knows what they're talking about um and then the third aspect is obviously the episode itself in terms of the voicing. Um, it's very, very obvious in the voice and the audio quality if you're reading off a script and if you don't have any idea what you're talking about versus if you're able to look away from your script sometimes and be able to genuinely talk about this like you know, like you know, like there's a very different change in the tone of voice um, that you can hear 
And so I think that there's a lot more transparency there in terms of do they know it or do they not? So to follow up on that, you kind of already alluded to this, but um, what are some of the academic skills that you develop um, in this kind of assignment beyond technical skills? So you talked about being able to demonstrate actual understanding and, and, you know, being able to translate that knowledge into a different format really is evidence of your understanding. But what other um, academic skills do you develop in this kind of assignment? Yeah, I think the one I mentioned, like the knowledge mobilization is obviously the big one for me. Being able to read that kind of stuff and turn it into something that anyone else can listen to or the general public, like that's going to be a skill that a lot of people don't have or people struggle with. And I think learning that skill is not only going to help you in school, but it's going to help you in the future. You know, say you go into a, a job and you need to do a board meeting or you need to talk to clients based on what information like I see it all the time or say like you're a plumber or say you're anything and you know what's going on because you're in that field and you know the specifics say engineering or math or anything like that and trying to then explain what you're doing to say a client or a customer you have to be able to translate all of the very specific majory stuff into kind of a general way that a customer or a client would understand and that in and of itself is knowledge mobilization And so it's a skill that you're going to use for the rest of your life because that's just, that's communication. That's what we do with people every single day. So I think that's the big aspect. Um, Another aspect is just, I think also that procrastination and that time management. Like I mentioned, like the assignment's big. It has a lot of pieces and it's going to fall apart very quickly if you don't follow those steps and if you leave it to the last minute. And so I think that this assignment will really help students realize I need to start assignments sooner. Um, But that, especially like being able to prioritize an audio assignment, say over an essay, which I don't want them to really prioritize anything, but if they have to prioritize, it's good that they're able to look at their different assignments and different courses and go, okay, I know that this one is going to take planning. This one is going to take me booking an appointment with the library to get into that audio suite. It's going to take my professor looking at my pitch, or it's going to take a couple rewrites of a script, or I have to be in the audio studio editing, maybe I, they don't have the software at home, so they have to go to the school to use the audio software, like addition and stuff to edit the, the audio together. And so I think that being able to look at an assignment guidelines and be able to realize the time it's going to take and when they need to start versus going, okay, I'll deal with that later, I'll deal with that later. And then they look at it and they go, oh man, this is a lot bigger than I realized. And then they get stressed out and overwhelmed. That is such good advice. And you can tell you you probably learned that lesson over your four years. In oh, the pro- yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have very much so. Um, in journalism, like I really appreciate the fact that a lot of big assignments are like little assignments that end up coming together to one final piece. So um, even in fourth year, we're still doing it. Like we have one big story for the entire semester, but that story is broken up into five or six assignments. And I love that because it makes me realize each little step of the process. And also if they didn't do that, I feel like I would be a lot more behind than I normally am. <laughs> and the quality of your final product probably wouldn't be as good as it could be. Because mm-hmm, you would rush all those little steps. And so then the overall quality would be mediocre. But being able to spread out those little steps, that's something that um, makes the quality a lot better as well. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to faculty in all kinds of disciplines and programs who want to create podcast assignments for their students? I think the two biggest things is being able, if you're going to do an audio assignment, make sure you have the time in your semester to give them enough time to do it, I guess. Expect that this assignment, if you hand it out at the beginning of the semester, say, 
make sure it's on their radar um, and give them, say, until like November. So like give them a couple weeks to be able to do this or break it up into two or three assignments. Like maybe it's you have to show me your pitch before which the pitch assignment um, can be something smaller, but you can't like I an example is in my philosophy course right now. If we have um, before we have a term paper, we have the term proposal. So you have to hand in the proposal. And if you don't hand in the proposal, you get a zero on the term paper or you're not even allowed to do the term paper until you hand in the proposal because they want they don't want you to write on something that they don't know is focused enough or that's going to make sense for the course and so i think it it could be the same way that if you in order like in order to actually finish the assignment you first have to hand in a pitch and they have to approve that before you can then continue on with the assignment and i think that that will really help students not only focus their topic but make sure that they're on track and make sure that they um they they stay on top of it the second thing that i would recommend for faculty is i guess Having a little bit of um, benevolence, I guess, is the maybe the word. Um, and just remembering that although audio production is new for them, it's probably even more new and scary, uh, terrifying for the students. And so really being able to, if a student needs, like being open about maybe looking up script formats together or talking to them or even reaching out to the library for tips and advice, showing them the, the new audio tips and tricks on the website things like that and really guiding them to resources that um, that will help them. Because if you've never listened to podcasts and you've never seen step-by-step, step, you're going to have no idea where to start. You're going to have no idea what to do. And I think that listening to those podcasts and having all those resources are really going to help you know what to do and what the guidelines of the assignment are going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably another one of those academic skills that especially first years need to learn, right, is is who's available to help and what kind of supports there are on campus and knowing that there's staff with expertise in the library and we have all this equipment and we have these spaces and all that. So it's, uh, yeah, just becoming aware of all the supports, I think, for students and for faculty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that that support's going to be really the night and day difference because if someone goes, oh, well, I don't do audio production. I didn't go into this degree for that. I have no idea what to do. They can feel frustrated. But if you say the point of this assignment is to teach you new skills of which I know that you don't have those right now. So let's get you the resources to get you started so you can learn said skills. I think that that's going to be a lot better of a conversation than just, oh, I think you should just do it. I mean, I don't know how to do it, but I think you should do it kind of thing. So I think it's it, it can be a learning curve for both faculty and for students in a way that recognize that you're new you don't you don't know like this isn't your major you don't normally do audio production so let's learn together kind of thing Mm -hmm. so again i think you touched on this a little bit but i will ask anyway in case you have something else to add so from a student perspective what can instructors do to help students succeed and make the most out of these kinds of assignments yeah i mean kind of what i said before the um, time letting them have time as well as the resources. But I think also being open to feedback is going to be really helpful too. So I think if the students are feeling frustrated with the the guidelines of the assignment, look at how you can maybe move and change and improve it. You know, it's not the best thing about podcasting is it's never set in stone. It's never something that stays the same for years and years and years. Podcasting is always evolving. Podcast is always changing. And the, the main point of the assignment is, yes, to understand the material, but it's also just to talk about it and to be able to take research and genuine, generally in a podcast setting that's not academic is taking research or taking whatever you want to talk about and being able to share that with people. And so I think if you keep that main goal in mind, 
being able to say maybe like maybe you say you need this 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 and this in your assignment and the students go that's a lot like can we just do this this and this be able willing to change and adapt the assignment versus it being set in stone because i think that being able to change and move with it is what's going to make overall the podcast more enjoyable for students but the podcast better in general because you can tell if a student's not enjoying it in their in their voicing and so i think really being able to change and flow with the assignment and um cater to each person's needs like say they have a really really good idea but it doesn't exactly fit the characteristics of the assignments look at changing it in a way that fits their idea because that's going to be way more interesting not only for the faculty to grade and to listen to but for the student to do it and to pursue an idea they genuinely enjoy and so i think that that's more important than any set strict assignment guidelines That was Sarah Sharon from the MRU Library and me, Gabrielle Pisca, speaking about the possibilities of podcasting in academic assignments. Thanks for listening. The Community Podcast Initiative at Mount Royal University focuses on audio storytelling as a medium to better include underrepresented voices. The CPI is powered by Shaw. You can learn more about the Community Podcast Initiative at thepodcaststudio.ca or find us on socials at communitypodyyc.com.